0: Thanks for tuning in to the Word for the World Community Church podcast. We are located in Stewartstown, Pennsylvania, and our pastor is Bishop Lewis M. Payne. We are an intercultural, interracial, international Christian fellowship, and we're focused on reaching the lost with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hello, and welcome to Word for the World Community Podcast. Uh, We are here today with our third episode, and uh, I thank everyone for listening in. I have uh, uh, our bishop, uh, Dr. Lewis Payne, with us here today. I am uh, Elder John Wolfe, and we are going to be continuing on in the book of Philippians Uh, Chapter two today is going to be our focus, and we're just going to dive right into the word this morning. Uh, Bishop Payne, welcome, and I thank you for your time today. How are you doing?
1: Uh, Thank you, uh, Elder Wolf. I'm doing well, thank you. I'm just grateful for what the Lord has done.
0: Absolutely. The Lord is good, and he is to be praised at all times, and we thank him for all his blessings and benefits. All right, Bishop, so today we're going to continue on in our study of the book of Philippians. We are entering into chapter two of the book, and i like to get started here by just going through verses one through four to get started. Uh, And I'm just going to do, I'm going to read it here for us. Uh, The word says, therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love but also for the interest of others." In this beginning section, Paul seems to be carrying on uh, basically what he talked about at the end of chapter 1, where he talked about uh, basically the the church having to go through uh, various trials and tribulations and adversaries coming out against them. And it, it seems that Paul is uh, putting out a, a theme of unity in the church, and for the church to be humbled, and through humility they can be united together, and 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 this seems to be an important link where the church can be united uh, with the important, which is an important concept in Christianity, I, I would think. Uh, in this section here, Bishop, what kind of, what are some of the main things that you see in here that you really get out of this section?
1: Um, This is a great um, epistle, as you know, uh, an epistle of joy. Imagine that written from Roman imprisonment. Uh, But Paul was an apostle, and uh, God had blessed him and used him mightily in many places. One of the places where God had used him mightily was in the Macedonian city of Philippi. Philippi was a, uh, (coughs) a major... Uh, a leading city and uh, it was uh, here that God used Paul to found the church uh, the church uh, Paul dug out that church Paul was the uh, the founder of the, the organizer uh, however we want to say it of the church in Philippi and uh, In a manner of speaking, uh, Paul was the pastor of that church, the founding pastor, we might say, and he had a a great love for these people. And now, when uh, they had an undying affection for Paul as well, and now that Paul is in Rome and they hear that he is under Roman uh, imprisonment and that he is... uh, in sort of dire straits and in need of financial assistance, these people who loved Paul um, send a messenger with a gift to him, uh, Epaphroditus. <clears throat> and uh, when Epaphroditus uh, gets to uh, Paul, uh, he brings not only a gift to Paul, but he brings a, some news as to what's happening at, at the local assembly there. And one of the things that is happening, it seems to be a dispute among two of the women in the congregation, and you know, um, <clears throat> disputes. You know, all we're all human, and so we're all going to have disagreements, and, and and may not see everything eye to eye. But sometimes the enemy will capitalize on something like that uh, to bring about. Uh, even broader divisions in the church. And so, Paul is here appealing to the believers at Philippi uh, to consider Jesus and to, as a result of that, to follow his example and uh, let the spirit of unity and brotherhood prevail within the ranks.
0: And his approach to it is so great. So he knows about this dispute. Mm -hmm. But in his approach to writing the letter, he's telling the church to be united in one accord Mm -hmm. uh, with one mind Mm -hmm. and not to be puffed up with your selfish ambitions Mm -hmm. or conceit. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he doesn't directly call out those people. But at the same time, he is, in a way, by telling them what they should be doing rather than (laughs) saying the things that they're doing wrong.
1: That's what I like. That's one of the things I like about Paul. Uh, It seems as though all of his epistles, nearly all of them, are written to correct some problem that had arisen within the church. And Paul, as it were, uh, lifts the roof off of these churches and allows us to peer into it and see what's happening in the local congregations. And here Paul is is appealing to them. You you know, the the thing we see here is that uh, he starts with four ifs. Mm -hmm. If there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy. Um, I'm reading from the New King James Version. Then... Uh, he says, uh, "Don't let anything fulfill my joy. Fulfill my joy. Make me happy." You know, Paul was so uh, proud of this church uh, because of the way it had ministered to his needs, the way uh, that it was going on and uh, giving its testimony in the local. A region where they were. He, was, he loved these people. These people loved him. There was such a, a bond of, of, of affection between them. So he says, if these things are true, <clears throat> and he means it, I believe, more in uh, this way. He sense this is true. Then make me truly happy. Uh, fulfill my joy and being like minded, having the same love and being of one accord in one mind.
0: And what a great example of kind of like even a pastoral care situation where, from pastors who have to, or you know, they have their congregation and just how to speak to people. What a great example of how he does it through encouragement, uh, through just giving them not just sound advice but this is this is who paul is this is his Mm -hmm. desires Mm -hmm. and this is how he is too
1: right and he makes the appeal he says if you if there is any consolation in christ any comfort of love any fellowship with the spirit affection and mercy uh what 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 he's saying uh as i understand it here is Since we are all in Christ, that should be the foundation of our relationship with one another. And Christ's example, if you want to see an example of of humility, or we might say the supreme example of humility, we find that in the Lord Jesus. And so if... If we keep our eyes on him, if we uh, strive to follow his example, uh, it will enable us to live among each other in a spirit of love and unity and not for selfish ambition or trying to get ahead. You know, there were two problems, uh, I guess, when Epaphroditus got to uh, Rome, uh, he let Paul know there were at least two problems that, as we discover as we read this uh, epistle. Mm-hmm. And one of the problems was the problems of false teachers. And the other problem was the problem of the quarrel between Yodia and Syntyche. And so we, uh, uh, so Paul, Paul's appealing to Christ, Paul's appealing to the spirit of love and brotherhood and fellowship and unity that ought to prevail in the church as a way of handling this problem.
0: I always found in my personal experience when it comes to leaders, the ones who you want to follow are the ones who do it by example. I've experienced different types of leaders, uh, particularly two types, one where the person was so motivated, they just worked their tail off Day in and day out. I mean, they were up at five in the morning. They were working till nine, ten o'clock at night, and they were so motivated. And every time they made a request, they're like, "Hey, come on, let's do this. Let's do that." I'm doing it because it's going to give it. Like, we're going to be this successful if we do, and everyone's going to get rewarded. Versus the other type of leader that I experience is the one who tells everyone what to do, and they don't do anything themselves. Right. Now, out of those two, I may not want to work. 15 hours a day. But man, is it inspiring <laughs> yeah. to follow that person who works that hard. And that's how Paul, I mean, Paul, he's in prison yeah, <laughs> for the gospel. Yeah, And I don't know how you can't follow someone like that.
1: Yeah. Uh, the, one of the characteristics of Eastern shepherds is that they always lead the sheep. Okay. Uh, they know the sheep by name. Call them. Lead them. Um, I I recall an incident where someone visited the uh, Middle East and uh, saw this man driving the sheep, you know, behind them, beating them, driving them. And he said, well, I don't understand. He said, "I, I thought that Eastern shepherds always led their sheep, but you're driving the sheep. He said, I'm not a shepherd, I'm the butcher. And so you can see that the, 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 the style of a Christian pastor should be leading rather than driving, you know, guiding rather than fleecing mm-hmm. them. You know, and I think that Jesus is the uh, you, you, you can't ask for a better shepherd. <laughs> you, you can't uh, ask for a better a role model than the Lord Jesus himself.
0: Paul kind of concludes this section with saying, let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Right. Uh, If that's not the heart of Christianity, I don't know what else is. Yes. It's just so important. And and unfortunately, so many Christians in today's culture miss that, that we're we're looking out for number one. Right. So we're not helping our neighbor. We're not looking to you know, anything to help other people, which is sad. Yeah. Because that's really, our spirit should be helping others before we even think about our own needs.
1: Yes. Uh, you know, the, you know Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount um, talked about three, um, shall we say, exercises of the Christian faith. Three things that all Christians uh, should be doing. And he spoke to them uh, around Matthew 6, he said when you pray when you fast and when you give uh, and uh, I believe that when we have truly converted and we really love God it gives us a sense of loving people because God loves people for God so loved the world uh, and so uh, I, I think that you know when we get converted we want to help people who are indeed I think that is characteristic of of the Christian uh, life and it's it's following in the footsteps of Jesus Jesus was always helping people he was always lifting them up he was always delivering and healing and 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 uh, doing uh, whatever was necessary for their comfort. And I think that we, you know, as Christians, that's, that's a good example. I think people don't want to know uh, how deep we are in theology and how much we can quote Scripture. But how much do we love them? How much do we care for them? Uh, we'll show them what Christ is like and what the Christian life is about.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Let's continue on, Bishop, to this next section here, verses 5 through 11, where we were kind of now diving into uh, where Paul is continuing his plea to this church, but now he's showing this is what Christ has done for us, how he humbled himself uh, into the form of a man. Uh, Mm -hmm. Verse 5 uh, goes on to say, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance of a, as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on the earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Uh, Bishop, this is one of my favorite sections in the entire Bible. The, the reading of this scripture is just incredible.
1: This is, um, I, I guess, in all of the epistles of Paul, Uh, this is the greatest uh, description this is the greatest uh, praise and glorification of Christ that you could find in any of Paul's writings you know perhaps even in the New Testament this is a tremendous uh, statement that Paul is uh, making about Jesus because if you look at this, this statement carefully what Paul is doing is he's he's lauding Christ, even from his pre-incarnate state, up until the time when he will be glorified on the earth as King of kings and Lord of lords, right? So he says, listen, let this attitude, you have the same attitude that was in Christ Jesus. If we're in Christ uh, spiritually, then have Christ's attitude. Go about doing things. Uh, the way the Lord Jesus did them. Let, let this be an encouragement to you. Let this same attitude be in you that was in, the, in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, the eternal word who was always with the Father, who existed in eternity, who existed before he was born, right? Let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God didn't think it was something to be grasped, um, didn't think it was something to be held on to, his privileges, the prerogatives he had as God, but he made himself of no reputation and took on the form of a bondservant. Hold on a second here. A bondservant. Is one who had no rights not even his clothes were his own his time was not his own everything uh, that he had belonged to his master and he didn't have any holidays he didn't have any time off he was Completely at the beck and call of his master. And Jesus, even though he was God, took on the lowliness of humanity, the lowliness of human uh, flesh, and thereby he became. (laughs) <laughs> it was just like being born in a in a palace, uh, but laying aside all of that to become one of the servants of the of the household.
0: Basically, Moses' story, right? Yeah,
1: exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, or, or 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 we could say it was almost a, It's a little bit of the reversal of Moses' story, because Moses was by birth a slave. Uh, but when Pharaoh's daughter found him in the Nile, he became, the, uh, he became a prince in Egypt, so to speak. But yes, you're right, too, because if we continue uh, Moses' story, Moses <laughs> goes from this high level of, uh, of high position in life to become a shepherd in Midian he's and the thing I like about it elder John is that um, God God's way sometimes is a way of a basement before there is a manifestation of greatness mm. and so here is uh, Moses going from the uh, the, the halls of Egyptian notoriety to being a shepherd in Midian. And guess what? They're not even his own sheep. <laughs> the sheep He got the sheep from his, his uh, father-in-law, Jethro. And so, uh, but there's a, a lot that's to be learned from a lesson like that. And one of those lessons is this, Um, the way up is down. Uh, It's not by our bigness, our pomposity, our, 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 our grandeur, our making ourselves someone great, but God uses those who are humble in spirit. So one of the ways I like to express this is that God never uses somebody's. He always uses nobodies. And when he has used somebodies, he had to first make them nobodies before they could become somebody.
0: That's right. <laughs> oh, God's ways, it is incredible. And I, when I read this section, I, just, I kind of imagine it as if a, a non-believer were to pick up the Bible and read this. They would have to, I mean, to me, a couple questions would come up. One is, how can a person exist before they were born, mm-hmm. right? So they, they made themselves into the, into the likeness of a man so that they, they existed before they were, became a human being? Yeah. Like, well, that's, that's unique. <laughs> and, uh, and then they're given a name above every name where every knee is going to bow to them mm-hmm. in heaven. On Earth and below the Earth, mm-hmm. who is this person? Mm-hmm. This is not a normal man. Right. I mean, when you a a, by, a bystander who reads this has to see Jesus as God. Yes. You can't. There's no mistake in it.
1: Yes, there, there are those who want to argue against the deity of Christ, but this. But the Bible clearly lets us know that Jesus was God from eternity. Who took on the form of a man um, in in the, the apostle john says in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was made, and, and the word was god all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus always existed in eternity past uh, and was manifested in the midst of time. And uh, he is actually uh, the one who condescended to become a, a, a lowly man, a man of low estate, the King James uh, sort of states it. And so... Uh, uh we we need to have humility like jesus we need to humble ourselves we ought to consider others first before ourselves you know and uh that's the spirit that paul is trying to engender and and the the spirit that he is asking for among the uh believers who are gathered at the church in philippi
0: yeah i'm glad you just said that because that i mean Going through this chapter, that's this is kind of the theme. It's, he starts off with the church. These are the things that you ought to be doing. Like-mindedness, one accord, treat others more highly than yourself. Now let me show you how Christ did it yes. as our ultimate example. Mm-hmm. And he humbled himself way lower than any of us ever has. Mm-hmm. And now he's the exalted king of glory. Right. And if we humble ourselves while we won't be given the name above every name that only belongs to Jesus but we also will be highly exalted before God in heaven for all eternity oh yes and god
1: god blesses those who are humble the bible says that god resists resists the proud uh he knows the proud afar off but he gives grace to the humble and uh In the Sermon on the Mount Jesus said, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. The meek, how could the meek inherit the earth? That that seems like that seems sort of counterintuitive, doesn't it? The the meek, how could the meek do anything? It's the people who are bold and brash and go out and and, and make a name for themselves. And those are the ones who are going to inherit the earth. No. In the final analysis, in the kingdom of God. The persons who will inherit the earth will not be the proud and haughty and boastful, but those who are meek in spirit and those who uh, worship God.
0: From here, Paul takes us in back into the church and verses 12 through 18, he's getting into the, the concepts of working out our own salvation and being these light bearers of the world now that we have this uh, spirit of God in us the the word says in verse 12 starting in verse 12 therefore my beloved as you have always obeyed not as in my presence only but now much more in my absence work out your own salvation with fear and trembling for it is god who works in you both to will And to do for his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Yes, and if I am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all for the same reason you also be glad and rejoice with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Paul diving into this, uh, he, he, he starts off by talking about working out your own salvation. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Bishop, can you clarify on that? We're not talking about Salvation by works.
1: No, he's not saying work for your salvation, work out your salvation. In other words, you cooperate with the, the spirit, cooperate with what God has placed in you. Um, so a- endeavor, endeavoring to be a, a people separated unto God. You're working out what God has worked in you. Uh, This is a matter of what we might refer to as sanctification. Right? You're going to be sanctified. You're going to be set apart for God. You're working out what God has worked in you. Nobody can work enough to be saved. Salvation is not something that is earned. Salvation is a gift. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that, not of yourself, it is the gift of God, right? So you can't work enough to be saved, but when you get saved, you ought to work. Yes. <laughs> and so uh, uh, Paul is saying um, to them that on the basis of the fact that uh, God has already done something in you, uh, work it out. Uh, let it be seen, uh, cooperate with it. Let uh, God's work in you be manifested uh, to those around you. So, yeah, you, you're working out uh, what God has placed in you and and you become, what, blameless and harmless children of God without fault. You know, um, I'm often, I've often thought about the fact that um, uh, many times when people criticize the church, they don't criticize Jesus so much as they do his followers. Um, and whenever I've, I I've thought of this, I I've thought about the fact that after the, you recall the incident where Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration, and when he came down, uh, there was a man there who had a son, who had a demonic possession. And um, the, the father said, I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cast the this, this spirit out of him. And if you can do anything, and Jesus said, well, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. But um, I think what struck me when I, I read that was, if the father had a criticism, it was because of the powerlessness of the disciples. And many times today when people criticize the Christian community, they don't criticize Jesus so much as they do his followers or the powerlessness that is sometimes uh, manifested in the church. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so um, Jesus cast the demon out of the boy and... And the disciples said, Lord, why couldn't we do that? And he said, because of your unbelief. If you had the faith, you could have done it. But then he makes a statement that inclines me to believe that he he says, listen, how be it, however, this kind of doesn't go out except through prayer and fasting. You couldn't do it because of your lack of faith, but if you had prayed and fasted, you'd have faith. I believe that fasting and prayer strengthens faith. And uh, I think that's one of the reasons why many churches, um, the beginning of, the, um, of each year, uh, have a, a protracted fast. You know, Our church is one with, like many other churches, who uh, believes in starting the year off with fasting and prayer. And uh, I think when we pray and when we fast, we are able to manifest more of a Christ-like spirit than when we don't and so I think this is what Paul is about here to the uh, Corinthians I'm sorry the Philippians he wants them to manifest a Christ-like spirit and to be a light in the midst of a, a dark world
0: that's that's essentially how we become light bearers mm-hmm. is through that, humility through working out our salvation as we continue down this Christian walk that prayer fasting giving serving all these things increase our faith strengthen us as believers and to me that's just the major theme that Paul is really getting at here is encouraging them on how to be stronger believers how he is to become more and more like this Christ like minded attitude at all times. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right, Bishop. Well, we're about out of time here today. Mm-hmm. I thank you for your time. If, and, you know, for anyone listening, the the text continues on uh, the rest of it. Talk, Paul's talking about Timothy, how he's commending him and, uh, you know, the things that he wants to do, you know, send him to the church and the things that he's praising him for. And then he talks about Epaphroditus and, Uh, basically how Paul is sending him back after he had an illness that almost took him out, but he got healthy and well, and he's sending him back to the church. So uh, these are all great things for anyone to continue reading. Uh, But for today, we shall conclude. God bless you, Bishop.
1: God bless you. Pleasure to be with you.
0: Thank you for your time, everyone. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Word for the World Community Church podcast. For more information, please visit us on the web at wwwcc paorg